0: Welcome in ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the Jones Report Time where Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we are talking March Madness. The NCAA Tournament is here. We will be joined by college basketball analyst Deshaun Tate to preview the big dance and get Sean's thoughts. On uh, the NCAA Tournament, his analysis and more as uh, the NCAA Tournament is just around the corner. He'll break it down for us in just a little while from right now. Plus, we we'll have Coach Bo's Football Fix presented by O'Connor Advisory Group with a look around the NFL free agency and also the latest happenings in college football as well. We'll have our Tom Fullery story of the week coming up at the end of the show as well. Thomas Bridges joins me as always. Tom, uh, how are we doing?
1: Hey, man, we're always doing good, you know. Um, life has its ups and downs, but um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we do this every Wednesday. Well, I say every Wednesday. Maybe not every Wednesday. I'm on, you're off. You're on, I'm off. But we always have a good time. And so there are, there are days that I look forward to this, and there are days that I'm like, God damn it, Jones. I have to do laundry, but I'm still here. So, <laughs> you know, if, if the worst thing that happens to me during the week is that I have to do three or four loads of laundry, then, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're doing not bad.
0: So what's interesting, Tom, as far as like us trying to, you know, this balancing act of sorts that we're on right now, um, as we're recording this, I am glued to my phone because – covering the seahawks and the ravens i gotta be careful if any news breaks of some sorts to be able to step away and do a quick video and break down whatever move they make there potentially so it's uh it's a very unique time right now and and i gotta say uh i know we're gonna talk plenty about march madness and get that here in just a second but aaron Rodgers, new york jets isn't there an interesting irony, Tom, about Aaron Rodgers, who is Mr. Uh, stand Up to Power, you know, unvaxxed and everything, having wanting to go play for the team that's owned by the Johnson & Johnson family?
1: Yeah, just a little bit. Just You know, especially because he went into uh, his darkness retreat, which – you know, on the uh I could see opposite. you doing
0: a darkness retreat, Tom.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Like <laughs> I'm ready to do I'm ready to do a darkness retreat right now, right? Like, okay, and then we talked about this before the show. Like a lot of people are like, oh, okay, we're anti woke, we're anti woke, yada yada yada. Jones, in your opinion, from what you've seen from this Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat, did this man not just go into a dark room for about a couple of days and just take, uh, you know, $250 worth of shrooms? (laughs) I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious. It it is. It's very funny. It is very funny. Um, But did he not just do psychedelics? Is that what he's telling us? We know we know his past. We know we know his you know we, we know what he thinks about psychedelics. Did he just not go into the dark and maybe uh you know eat some fungus real quick and and figure out what he wanted to do is is that bad in your mind? Like is that what he, do you think that's what he did?
0: I think it's very possible. Um you know I don't think
1: it's- the darkness retreat
0: okay t- over. Here's what i want to know okay so the jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010 they've been a dumpster fire of an organization right and we mentioned the johnson and johnson connection i think that's the other part of it too not just that he wants to go play for them but the fact that this johnson and johnson team wants him as well that's a whole other story but You know, he says that he went into the darkness retreat, 90% chance that he wanted to retire and 10% chance come back and play football. And he came out of the darkness retreat, not only wanting to play football and rejuvenated, but go play for the New York Jets. I mean, like, did the Jets send like a bunch of gift baskets and flowers and money to this darkness retreat? I mean, of all things granted the jets had an improved year and they are on the rise it seems but you came out of that wanting to play for the jets the goddamn new york jets
1: hey listen it must be a it must be a fucking lambo thing right look look at uh look at the past packers quarterbacks who are the past two main quarterbacks of the packers and and, and, and oh, before you answer this before you answer this this is a this is a this is a $500 jeopardy question, right? Like like if you follow sports at all, you can answer this for $500. Jones, I want you to answer this in the jeopardy way in terms of answering in a question. If I said the last two main starting quarterbacks of the Packers, what would you say in jeopardy?
0: Uh who Boys, are Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, yes.
1: Boom, and who do they both play for?
0: They Well, they're about to be with New York Jets, yes.
1: Granted, and, and, and it's been a while. Golly, it's been a long time. But I still somewhat remember it like it's yesterday, but I still need some gaps filled in. Right? Did Brett Favre play for the Vikings first, or did he play I mean, for it was
0: the Jets first. first? He got traded there for a fourth-round pick after he initially had retired, decided to come back, and they said, we've moved on to Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets said, we'll take him, and gave up a fourth-round pick. He went there for a year, didn't play good, got hurt, finished his career with the Vikings.
1: Now, who was on the co- oh, 2009 cover of Madden was Brett Favre, correct?
0: Yes. And, In a Packers uniform. Right. And then they released a new one with uh, with – Brett with a Jets uniform.
1: But did did he lead the Jets to the playoffs?
0: No, they went nine and seven.
1: They now did he lead the Vikings to the playoffs?
0: Yeah, he took them to the NFC Championship.
1: So what we see right now, Kirk Cousins will disappear into the into the collective. And from what we know, Kirk Cousins will fuck off into the existence. And Aaron Rodgers will lead the Vikings back somewhat successful into the playoffs, at least into the divisional round.
0: Yes. And we also know uh that Jordan Love will be the next starting quarterback for the Jets in 2040. Um based
1: on this too. <laughs> yeah, well, wait a second. You know what I love about Aaron Rodgers? He has talked he's talked his shit. I here's what I you know. Aaron Rodgers, and and I'm on the, you know, we don't get political on this show. I think you would be a political, I think you would be a very successful political pundit for either side, really. I think you could do great on both sides. Um, But that being said, I loved what Aaron Rodgers had to say, and you even sent it to me earlier today. He really told Adam Schefter that was like literally suck my dick. Like, lose so, my number.
0: Let, let me let me add a, a little bit to that situation. So, uh, yes. You go back in time, right? When Adam straight up said, when he had that report on draft night in, what was it, 2021, maybe, uh, where Aaron wanted out of Green Bay was that report that he said. And he said that later on, he admitted that he put that report out based on the conclusions that he had put together. Aaron had never said that himself, but he said, drawing the conclusions. And that really rubbed some folks all the wrong way. Myself included, Coach Bo included of the reporting on Schefter for that, of reporting something as fact without an actual statement that was not a quote from Aaron, right? And so that's where all that started from, of Aaron and his dislike of Schefter and everything. and And then today he goes on mcafee and says that he told Schefter. i guess Schefter had reached out to him You're know, like hey uh lose my number uh shefter talked about it later and said that uh he tried to call aaron he sent him to voicemail and that was the response he got was through that text message and you know Schefter was saying hey i just wanted to check with aaron get his information I, I, I understand. There's some history there. What I did have a problem with, and what Aaron did approach this with. And granted, Tom, I think you and I are on the same page. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I like Aaron Rodgers. He's unconventional. He does things his own way. Um, you know, he he's willing to push back when necessary. Um, you know, he he stood up against the woke crowd and, you know, stood up for what he believed in, you know, when it came to vaccines and everything. I like Aaron Rodgers. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. But there is one problem I do with how he handled this, along those same lines. Friend of the show, our good friend, Diana Rossini, of, uh, of ESPN, was doing reporting alongside Adam Schefter there. They are on set together on ESPN Today. And she had put out a report within the last couple of days that Aaron had a wish list of players that he wanted to see the uh, Jets consider, which included Alan Lazard, uh randall cobb mercedes lewis and obj apparently all of those guys they've shown interest in with this aaron Rodgers situation who knows maybe they're going to talk to greg jennings and jordy nelson next too um but with that said diana was very particular she said wish list she didn't say demand list two very different things And then Aaron, in his tirade today of going up against Schefter, he mentioned Diana and said, I don't know who she is. Tried claiming I had this this, uh, demand list of these players. I didn't demand anything. Well, that's true. You didn't demand anything. But Diana didn't say you had a demand list. She said you had a wish list. And it's been confirmed that Aaron did have a wish list. So I did take problem with that of him uh, Called out our friend Diana when she did nothing wrong on her end, she, when her reporting was accurate.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so problem with Aaron Rodgers, kind of like I guess in your opinion, condemning Diana or condemning. And you're obviously more on the journalism side than I am. I'm just a.
0: I'm, I'm, right. And you know, at this point, this I'm, just, uh, I'm just my here. A, too, you a, a know, I mean, I, I respect Diana. She's a great friend. I'm, I'm of just ours, a talk you know?
1: shit pundit, right? But I, I appreciate you because I, I, you know, just us going back fucking a decade. Um, you, uh, you know, what I appreciated most about you, not even on our friendship, you kind of call it like you see it, but you're not going to hesitate to call out any little bullshit just because we have. Just because somebody has qualms against something, um, you've always kind of defended generalism, and and I appreciate that. Um, so you're saying that Aaron Rodgers might have been a little remiss in terms of, um, you know, talking shit.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it what, what Diana reported was a wish list, and that is right. confirmed that there were players that he was interested in. She never called it a demand list. She said it was a wish list. And Aaron even admitted that he had a wish list of sorts of guys that he was interested in. And so I took issue with him unfairly going after Diana when she did nothing wrong here. She was doing her job. And and you know, I, I say that I, I I say that as, you know, not only just the journalist side, but you know, th- th- this is our friend here, Diana. I, I felt like that was unfair.
1: No, I get that. And, and you know what, just to be honest, uh, at least in terms of how I see things, and, and I think a lot of, and you know, anybody listening out there, Jones, and, and this is me speaking on Jones, which I would love to have him maybe rebuttal if he wanted to, but obviously Jones is the fucking head honcho here when we do this show every week jones represents the media at least this is this is how i see it jones represents the media in terms of what he sees every single week in and out whether that be from nascar nfl doing seattle seahawks um sea chickens chat sports nfl any little source he has i'm brought in i guess at this point to be like uh okay i'm you know i relate to the people listening a little bit more in terms of like I bitch about shit that the, we all bitch about in terms of the average fan. I'm more biased than Jones by a mile and a half. And so when I think about what I add to, to the show, I kind of add the like, all right, I'm a fan more than I am. And like, a, I guess you could say an analyst. I don't have a degree in journalism. I've never went to college for sports media. Well, we've been talking about this shit for 10-plus years, and there's a reason that you're listening. So I can relate to you in the fact that, you know what? You know Fuck them. You know at that At that time as a fan, fuck that. But Jones is kind of on the same page as the average fan here, where it's like, all right, Aaron Rodgers, you can go in the dark forever, and you can take the shrooms, you can take the LSD, and you can come in and out of retirement, a la Tom Brady, but as soon as you attack someone for having an opinion or having an observation, you can't not maybe have a backlash that you might not have wanted. And, and, and Jones, to your point, Diana's respected in this, in this area. And, and she's been in the game for long enough that like, Hey, you know, for the people that know Diana, you can't really say that without having some backlash. So I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's an OG stance.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I probably wouldn't take. I think in in all seriousness too, I probably wouldn't have taken much as much issue with it if it wasn't somebody that I knew and called a friend like Diana here. But uh, you
1: know, she knows her shit, right? I mean, right. she's not. She's, this is not a smear campaign for Diana Rossini, right?
0: Right. I, I think no, Diana does a, no, a hell be. of a job, and and uh, you know deserves. A lot of credit. You know, I mean, I'll say this, dude, not not trying to kiss Diana's ass here by any means, but I mean, when I see the, this reporting these days from, from the insiders uh, of ESPN, if it's not Sheffy breaking the story, it's usually Diana. I mean, she has been their number two insider these days.
1: I mean, she's an OG. Yeah. And you know what? It's easy to say, okay, friend of the show, but you know, it's not even friend of the show. You know, we you, we can separate things and and, and realize people's, uh, you know, I I guess not. I almost don't want to say participation, but dedication and and um, you know, not dedication, but you know, attribution to the show. Um, not even our show, right? But just to just to the sports world in general, so. Is Aaron Rodgers out of line a little bit? I get he's jaded. Can you can you imagine? You know, here's what is beautiful about the Aaron Rodgers situation. He is in the situation now. It's full circle. It's fucking full circle. Look at Jordan Love. The reason I have more respect for Aaron Rodgers than what I did for him prior is on his latest podcast with, I forget who it was, the, the next Barstool pundit. He said, Jordan Love is a good kid and he'll be a good player. And before, he would never really said that or came out with that. Granted, his job was on the line. But I do believe Aaron Rodgers believes in Jordan Love to be that next great Packers quarterback. The same way he said under Brett Favre, I think he's giving that almost as a handshake of like, you know what, the time here is done. All good things must end. I'll yeah. go to the Jets. I'll have it my way. I'll make my money. Is Aaron Rodgers – I want to ask you this, Jones. Is A-Rod going to win another Super Bowl in this in, in his time?
0: He might. Um, he's got a tall hill to climb within his own division first. I think the Bills are really good. I think the Dolphins are solid. The Patriots aren't going away either. I mean, do you
1: believe in that head coach? I think that the head coach is right right now for the Jets.
0: I love Robert Sala. I don't I, I, like Nathaniel Hackett as the C mm, hire.
1: Yeah, um, no. But, but but do you think Aaron Rodgers takes on a LeBron role in terms of? It feels that hitting,
0: way. He, it feels like he's the LeBron of the NFL with this move and yes. bringing the cronies with him. Yeah.
1: Well, and that – and he's going to dictate that offense where I think he negates a little bit of the the disappointment of what we think about Nathaniel Hackett.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> more on Aaron Rodgers later when uh, Coach Bow joins us uh, coming up. But I do want to transition, talk some March Madness before uh, we bring in Deshaun to the program as he makes his debut here in just a bit um this is kind of our de facto big 12 breakdown uh this week uh tom um first and foremost happy march glad march madness is here ncaa tournament and everything but i gotta say um i know once the game starts this kind of goes to the back of the mind but i feel like it needs to be addressed from the top i was not happy with the selection committee um i felt like osu got screwed um, I thought KU got screwed out of the Midwest region. I didn't think that Houston was more deserving. Houston lost to Memphis uh, on Sunday. Bill Self uh, was there was not there for the entire Big 12 tournament. And Kevin McCuller is out. They lose to Texas in the Big 12 championship game. And they don't get to be the Midwest seed. I mean, th- those are some of my issues there. I mean, like, as we're taping this, Nevada is getting crushed right now by Arizona State. I can guarantee you OSU would have put a hell of a lot better fight against this Arizona State team than than, uh, than Nevada would. I, I thought Oklahoma State got robbed. And when you looked across the board there, I mean, Texas A&M was a seven seed. They're one of the top 20 teams in the country. It should have been at least a five. Uh, Duke, I I, I I know this sounds weird to say, but I thought Duke got underseated of all things. I thought they finished the season great. They won the ACC tournament. They were a five-seed, should have been at least a four. You could have even argued maybe even for a three. With all that being said, those are just some of the cliff notes. Tom, I thought the selection committee just did a piss-poor job uh, to get this tournament started uh, on the right foot.
1: Oh, 100%. And obviously I'm biased here. Anybody that's listened to the show for the last 10 years knows how I feel. But, um, you know what? OSU would have beat Pitt. They would have beat Arizona State. They should have been in. They were the 69th team.
2: Nice. And normal
1: state, nice. Nice, right? Not nice right here. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I feel – obviously, I feel for my own fandom in terms of Oklahoma State not making the tournament. Would that Oklahoma State team – Made with with some of the injuries they do have, would that have Oklahoma State team made the Sweet Sixteen? I wouldn't put money on it. No, would they be out in the first round? Probably, but with the work that Mike Boyden has done and the bullshit that the NCAA has laid down on Mike Boyden, he's he's literally fought, literally fought the NCAA devil. Uh, in, in terms of, you know, obviously they said, oh, yeah, you got Cade Cunningham. Well, yeah, we'll let you in the tournament because it's good for the views. But after that, he still had great, great players, great teams. Um, You know, could they have done more? They could have. They could have. I do think now that even as the 69 team, they play as we're recording this, they will play Youngstown State. In Ohio, in Youngstown, Ohio, which very weird to me, Jones. I, I you know, uh, well,
0: not, I don't know I'm if you heard the reasoning it. behind that. All of OSU staff is helping host the NCAA wrestling championship in Tulsa, and OSU declined hosting because they didn't have the resources. They said,
1: "Yeah, that's terrible because OSU is zero six in the NIT in away games, and so now you face a Youngstown State team at home." uh when you're the number one seed i don't know if that'll change if they do beat youngstown state which would be at the time we're recording this i believe it'll be it's either tonight or tomorrow
0: yeah i don't want to talk about the NIT, though let's let's right keep, yeah uh,
1: fuck the NIT, right yeah but, it's still not yeah, in the, the, tournament the, 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 in the screwed, but you know at the same time we understand you you mentioned ku2 um, versus houston You know, like in terms of quad one wins and record. 17 quad
0: one wins. Versus. Um, I will say, as much as I was frustrated about that, Tom, KU still doesn't have anybody to blame but themselves here. You got blown out by Texas twice in basically a week stretch. Did they get screwed? Yeah. But they still kind of screwed themselves. With how they perform down the stretch, they're not going into the tournament playing their best basketball. And Bill, no, Self, Gr-
1: Grady, Dick shit the bed against Texas, and so did uh, what's the point guard's name, DeJuan Harris. Yeah, and he he came on late, but it was too late.
0: Well, and uh, you know, Bill Self, this uh, this health scare that he had last week that forced him to miss, miss the Big Twelve tournament. Not a heart attack. We're not going to speculate on his health. I, I, I'm not going to be disrespectful like that. Um, but I gotta say, um, you know, I, I I think this Kansas team has the talent on paper to repeat and go back to back as national champions. But if we're being real right now, this team is not going into the tournament in a good position here between Bill Self and his situation. I'm glad he's okay. His health is the most important thing. Um, you know, that's, that that that's that's a big deal you know that's what's most important with bill um that he's he's going to be fine but as far as the basketball floor goes with with bill you know having his own issues with ku not playing so hot right now kevin mcculler their third best player who was just starting to really come along with him being injured and his status being unknown here i think you have a very vulnerable Kansas team right now, Tom.
1: I mean, you do. You do. Uh, but, you know, as as KU, really as KU, and, and this doesn't substitute for anything, right? As KU, we understand this Bill Self-led team even with bill self being you know medically incapacitated we talk about this bill self led team we we knew who we're getting right and bill bill self's not fucking on the court right he's not he's not dribbling the basketball and i get that i get that that's not the end all be all it's still you know you know the spurs are maybe the worst team in the nba currently and they're tanking. I, I do think they're tanking for for Victor Wimbayana, but at the same time, when you talk about coaching, is this team this team obviously isn't tanking for any reason? You have Grady Dick, you have Jawan. yeah, uh, you know, there's so many players for this KU team. I don't think it necessarily comes down to Bill Self. In a way, it does, but at yeah, the I mean- same time, like
0: you, you norm, put that out there you know what
1: they can accomplish
0: norm roberts went six and one this year as interim head coach i mean he won his four games uh when he filled in for big Se- bill self from uh, suspension earlier this year and then won two big 12 tournament games norm roberts did a really good job so uh i do think it help it hurts morale and all that not having big bill there and just all that. That's what has me worried. Very vulnerable Kansas team. The team to beat, though, Tom, I think is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller, really? Want. Say what you want about – and it pains me, too, by the way, Tom, that Alabama's all of a sudden damn good in basketball now in addition to football. Like, really? Pick pick
1: a lane here. This, uh, You know how I feel about Alabama with Josh Primo. Yeah.
0: Um, well, that it. <laughs> I love Brandon Miller. I, I find myself, Tom, rooting for Brandon Miller. I think that he's handled himself really well, all things considered. That he's just gone out there and he's balled out. The first game back when, when all these allegations and stuff came out, what did he do? He went off and scored 40 points. They were chanting at him, lock him up lock him up and he played the game of his life and he's put this team on his back. They won the sec tournament. It hasn't gotten to him. He is, you know, dealt with the moment so well and all these circumstances, like to me that, that looks like an NBA veteran right there. I want him in Oklahoma city, man. I love what I've seen from Brandon Miller. And I mean, you know, he he's got that dog in him. I mean, To me, like, you look at the NCAA tournament, every year they're trying to find that one storyline. Last year it was Coach K, his last go-round. A couple years ago it was Zion, um, you know, Anthony Davis several years back. This is what the NCAA tournament needs is that dog, Brandon Miller. This is the Brandon Miller tournament, Tom.
1: You think it's the Brandon Miller
0: tournament? I think this is all about Brandon Miller. I'm I'm watching, ever since, like, the last two weeks of the regular season, I think I've watched every Alabama game with Brandon Miller. I can't get enough of this guy.
1: So, would you be shocked if Alabama and Brandon Miller dipped out in the Sweet 16? Do you think they make it to
0: at least the Elite Eight? They're, they're my pick to win the national championship. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Well, and, and, you know, did he do something wrong? Maybe, but there's nothing he did legally wrong. Um, you know, he's handled himself well through this, I think. You know, he went through his pregame routine, and people made a big deal out of that when they shouldn't have. Um, Tom, I'm rooting for Brandon Miller. Are you rooting for Brandon Miller, or are you on his side here?
1: I can't say that I am rooting for him. (laughs) I'm also not against him, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, that's fair. I
1: will will never root for the SEC. I'm not rooting for Alabama.
0: I'm rooting for Brandon Miller.
1: You know what? I can see that. I don't I don't have any problem with that. Uh you know, I think he's a absolutely great player. I, th- I think he's a top 5 pick. You know, obviously 1 and 2 is Victor and then obviously probably Scoot Henderson. And then you could even make a case for Brandon Miller as the third. So, you know, with with what he's going through, maybe the 5th or 6th team gets a gym. With him, but I do think it's a little sus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the what is the storyline you're watching for in this tournament, Tom? We mentioned the Bill Self factor, Brandon Miller. What what is the thing that's caught your eye?
1: So, Jones, I will say, from what I've seen from Texas A and M, you did mention it in terms of you know what. Texas A&M, not a bad team. Actually, a really good team, and they're seated very high. Um, Seated very low.
0: There are seven. Yeah.
1: Well, high, low. You know, yeah, like reverse. Yeah. Um, I mean, in that perspective, I do think A&M could could be a force to be reckoned with. I wouldn't be shocked to see AM
0: in the Elite Eight at least. Yeah. Um, well, and and the NCAA feels like they're always fishing for storylines and everything. I don't find it an accident, Tom, that we could see a Texas and Texas AM second round matchup.
1: I'd love that.
0: Yeah. Um and and that Texas team that is a team I I, I don't want to face right now. I mean, heck, my team's lost to them twice in the last week or so. But I mean, Tom Rodney Terry winning the Big 12 tournament and everything, the way he's held that program together, I don't know how he doesn't hold on to that Texas job at this point. I don't I don't care if they get upset in the first round, I think he's done enough. He deserves that job.
1: You know, he should. He should deserve that job. And, you know, from what I've seen, Texas, I guess, doesn't want to give it to him or is somewhat, I don't know, re-
0: reluctant to give it to him, which is mind I, I think they're waiting to see what he does in the tournament, if he's going to be an early-round exit. What up?
1: Here's the thing, Jones. And, and you're a little obviously less biased than I am. Would you take him or would you take Mike
0: Boynton if you had to start a program? Oh, I'm taking Rodney right. Terry every time right now.
1: Boom! I and yeah, and I agree, and I love Mike Boynton, but you know, you know, okay, yeah, cool. We get to play in the Moody Center, that's a third place. You know, Gallagher was cool too, but at the, at the same time with all that controversy, controversy that's happened, um, you know, look at look at where both teams are. And I get I get Texas is moving the SEC SEC, but at the same time it's like oh, okay. We love Mike
0: Boyden. You know, Speaking of the SEC and all that, um, I was thinking, Tom, do we have a potential rivalry brewing between Texas and Ole Miss? Because you got Chris Beard going to Ole Miss. You got Arch Manning going to Texas. And we know about the Manning family and all their ties to Ole Miss here. To me, that of new rivals and stuff like that, all of a sudden – in the SEC era in both sports, I'm intrigued by Texas versus Ole Miss.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And you know, when football season comes around, there's gonna be a lot of talk of that. I really hope Arch has to play at Oxford.
1: Uh, same. And in and in Austin.
0: Um, I will say uh on the Chris Beard front. By the way, does 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 Ole Miss not have any shame whatsoever? I mean, Chris Beard should not be coaching right now.
1: Not currently. I mean, you know, you saw what Arkansas did with Bobby Petrino. Is it the is it the same?
0: Um, no, I think his situation is much worse.
1: No, I agree. One beat his wife, one hired a stripper for a hooker. Right. Uh, know, so but you know it's,
0: it's, 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 I will say
1: when you say that, yeah when you say that, old miss is getting some backlash. I mean they're not they're not off the hook on that. I mean they are getting
0: they are getting backlash. Right. Um of first round games. Let me go through these real quick and uh we'll bring in Deshaun coming up in just a couple of moments here. But uh, some of the notable games that come to mind, Tom, what we're about to see. West Virginia, Maryland, uh, you know, that's got some history between those two teams. That should be a sneaky good game. Um, Illinois, Arkansas, and the winner probably going to face Kansas. That's a really good matchup. You got a Brad Underwood, slow-moving coach team taking on, a fast-paced athletic Arkansas team. That, to me, is a fascinating matchup. How about Duke and ORU, Oral Roberts? Tom, I I feel so bad for ORU because I feel like ORU is one of the top 20 teams in America. But you go up against Duke, who's playing some of the best basketball in the country. Primetime game, Thursday night, Duke and ORU. Um... Man, like I, I I think ORU can pull it off, but that that's that's terrible timing for them to go up. Uh I was hoping they wouldn't have to go up against Duke. Uh we're in for a treat between these two, but it's unfortunate that that's who their matchup is here right now.
1: I mean yeah, of course, like Duke has like two seven footers and ORU does not have a seven footer mm-hmm. or you does have Max. uh Ace-mas. Yeah, exactly. So, and he's been the uh, kind of the go-getter since ORU beat Ohio State, which was a two seed. Right. Can they beat Duke? I think they can. And, and and it goes back to, well, what does ORU have to lose? I don't have to lose shit. You know they. You know if if they compete or if they give Duke a run for their money, well, clap, clap, clap. You know, clap, clap, clap for the maybe center baby. I mean, what you know at that point, what do they have to lose? I, I I do believe in this ORU team, and you know I'm putting a couple brackets in, and and I'll be honest with you, one of the brackets I'm taking ORU baby. Yeah, they beat a two seed, I mean, in Ohio State,
0: and they got talent behind it. I mean, Isaac I McBride mean, was one time a Kansas Jayhawk. And he's one of their top players. Uh, yeah,
1: and, and with Max too. I mean, this, this is a this is an ORU team that beat, um, you know, an Ohio State team with Malachi Branham, who yeah. is now uh, a shooting guard for the San Antonio Spurs and is having a great year. Yeah. I mean, that this is an ORU team that can right that you you talk about. You talk about teams that can do it. Are they going to win it? Are they going to make the late eight? Absolutely not. Are they going to meet the sweet sixteen? Probably not. But yeah. the, can they upset you? Can they? Right. This, this this is a deep lid team that doesn't have Coach K anymore. And I'm not saying that their new coach isn't bad.
0: Uh, John, Schneier, John Shire's John done a good job, but he's kind they of. Get, I miss O.
1: R. U. Can get you. It's one of those. It's like Colgate, right? A right. team
0: led by all white
1: boys that can shoot threes. They can get you, Yeah, right? They can other get you. Or you can too. beat Duke. I give it I, I, I I wanna, it. I can do
0: I want to pick ORU. Oh, my heart says ORU, oh, but my mind says Duke is too good right now. Well, I'm not uh, putting money on it. Other games that intrigue me first round. Drake in Miami is going to be sneaky good. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you love Travis Ford, don't you? Uh, uh, Travis Ford,
1: isn't it? No, that's St. Louis, I guess. But Drake, you know, that's close to your Long, Missouri year, Valley, Valley School. Um, that's, your, that's that's close to your old roots. You've seen Drake
0: in person. I've been to Des Moines, I've been to their campus. Yeah. Not not quite Creighton, not but Yeah, they're in Des Moines. That, well, I've, been that,
1: I've
0: been on that I, campus before. Creighton, uh Creighton's not in it, are they? Creighton's a sixth seed. They're playing NC State. They should win that game. They, yeah, that's that's fair. Um Let's see, other games that intrigue me uh, of the early round here, VCU and St. Mary's should be good, Um, Providence and Kentucky, that's a toss-up game here. Really?
1: So, I heard, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not opposed to not saying Providence, but, and Kentucky has been better in previous years, but from what I understood, Providence, one of the teams, along with like USC, that kind of got where maybe Oklahoma State should have been. But I remember Providence in the last two years has also been yeah. a pretty
0: good team. Providence and Kentucky both won 21 games. Uh, they're both very good teams. I think uh, Kentucky's kind of hard to figure out. They have talent, obviously. shebway who seems like he's been in college basketball for 40 years. He's starting to get in Perry Ellis territory at this point. Yeah,
1: I was um, about to say. <laughs> he's
0: tough to defend. I mean, that's that's a tough matchup, so we'll see. So my final four, I'm, I'm picking Alabama to win it all. I got Alabama, Texas, Kansas, and Marquette as my final four, with Alabama getting the title done. Who do you got, Tom? Who's your final four and who wins it all?
1: You know, at the time, at the time that we were recording this – at the time you know and, and and I'm shame on me shame on me right shame on me you can hang me out the dry as much as you want I have not finished an entire bracket yet I will say you are a part of the little betting bracket that we have that I'm currently working on but if I had to take a team if I had to take a team right now that is the most complete from what I've understood and they did screw me last year. They did – I did get screwed. I got screwed in two real quick ways last year. Well, three. UCLA was one of them. Ohio State I had going to at least the Elite Eight. And one of the teams that really screwed me over was Texas. And I and, and really for the past two years. I thought Texas was and, – and, and take Chris Beard out of the equation, okay? You know, if, if – uh, you know, if you can beat your wife, then you can get beat in the first round. But with that being said, Texas has been hot, and I'm not even saying that because they they decimated Kansas. I do think Kansas had a bad game. You you mentioned it earlier. They don't have Bill Self, Grady, Dick, and Jawan did not play the best game. I think they. I think when you talk about Kansas and how much you love Kansas and and how much the show loves Kansas. Uh, as much as we talk about it, Grady, Dick, and Juwan maybe had their worst game in that Big Twelve championship of their career. But Texas has been so dominant, right? And they've had they've had everybody step up. The bench has been incredible, and 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 give me Texas and maybe the Final Four, or the or the championship.
0: All right, so you got Texas to win the whole thing.
1: I do like Marquette too. You did mention Marquette.
0: And I, and, um, you know what,
1: I'm, I'm not as, I guess, educated here. You caught me on a, you caught me, you really did catch me on a, Tom, you should have filled out your bracket two days ago. But um, I don't know where Marquette and Texas are placed, but. They're on um, different ends I, of the bracket. You're fine there. So, Marquette and Texas,
0: give it to me. Okay. What about your other two Final Four teams?
1: Hmm. I'm pulling it up right now.
0: All right. Make it quick, we're I'll give you, give quick.
1: I'll give you a quick final four. Okay, I'll give you a final four. So, give me Marquette. Give me Texas. Right. Okay. And, whew, that's a tough one here. Give me Purdue. Ooh, I don't like Purdue. They don't have good guards. Guards win in March, but all right. No, I get that. I mean, and and Bay- Well, you know what? You say that. Let me. Let me add to it. Let me add to it. Let me add to it. You know what? Give me instead of Purdue. Give me K State, baby. Give me K okay. State. Give me Texas. Give me Marquette. And um, I guess at that point, I have the South region.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: To pick from. Yeah. You know what? Give me Alabama then. Give me Alabama. Okay. I'll go, I'll go with your Brandon Miller shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll go with
1: your I'll go with the homicide I'll go with the <laughs> I'll go with the homicide Final Four
0: <laughs> Tom and I are all in on Brendan Miller we're a Brendan Miller positive podcast around here we're I'll tell you, you what if the Spurs draft him I'll buy a jersey if Day the Spurs draft
1: him I'll buy a jersey I might still buy a jersey but I'm, I'm obviously Spurs I'm all on Victor Wimbanyana. Unfortunately, right. he does not play in the NCAA, and neither does skewed Henderson. But yep. it's still gonna be a great it's gonna be a great time, Jones. And we start at the time we record this, we start tomorrow at
0: noon, baby. And Coach I won't get shit done tomorrow at work. No, uh, yeah. Uh Deshaun Tate gonna join us next. Coach Bo on deck. Tom Fullery as well on the way. Stay with us here are the Jones Reporter. <laughs> Joining us now in Sport. this week is college basketball analyst Sean Tate as we are talking about all things with the NCAA tournament March Madness beginning today and Sean Tate joins us for the very first time right now. Sean, how are we doing? Thanks for joining us,
2: Matt. Outstanding. I was going to ask you if that was a trick question. Games are coming on right around noon, not going off until after midnight. I'm ear to ear, man. Needless to say, I'm really excited. Now, now, tell me, Deshaun, what's your game plan today? How are you going
0: about watching these uh, these games this afternoon? You got multiple screens going?
2: Well, to start out the tournament, no, I won't have multiple screens because I'm going to the region traveling uh, where my flight won't be leaving until right around the time that the first games are played around noon. So, unfortunately, I won't have multiple screens until I get to Columbus uh, but after that, I'm going all screens and then obviously going to be live at a couple of games at that time, too, and watching on my phone. So computer, phone, at games, everything you can think of.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. Uh, before, we'll, we'll go region by region and everything here in a second. But, uh, Sean, what's kind of the uh, the storylines that stand out to you uh, entering March here at these, uh, these tournament uh, games this year? What, uh, what catches your eye entering this uh, NCAA tournament?
2: Well, outside of the fact that North Carolina is not participating in it, they've been one of the top three, you know, most disappointing teams for me so far this season. Um, You know, those other two are actually playing in the NCAA tournament and they're playing against one another in the West. Either uh, the winner uh, will play, likely to play Kansas in the second round, that being Illinois and that being Arkansas, two teams that have very high expectations for. So that's some of the storylines for me personally, um, how about the Gonzaga team that nobody's paying attention to at all uh, that we're used to considering you know uh, for you know contention and and uh, for for you know national championship and even for final four. Uh, the Texas schools, the big 12 is just full all across the board and you got you know a few of them in the um, in the west region or excuse me in the Midwest region as well where Houston's at the top and you got Texas as a two. If they win, they can be playing Texas A&M, who is a rivalry more on the football side. So, uh, you know, Rick Pitino probably leaving to go get another job. He's got a favorable matchup. There's quite a few different things, especially considering the coaching changes to go along with it all. Yeah, and then you mentioned
0: coaches. Uh, what about Bill Self in Kansas? Uh, Self missed the Big 12 tournament. Didn't have any media availability yesterday. And here we are. We got this game today. I I, I hope Bill Self can be out there and give it a go here. Uh, I hope he's all right with his health. But, you know, the reigning national champions here, if they're without their head coach, they could be a problem.
2: Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree with that. And, listen, they're going to be a really hard sell not to take to win this whole thing and become the first team since Florida in 06-07 to go back to back. And, I've you know, come on with different shows and different people have asked me just Amongst the number one seeds, between Purdue, between Houston, Alabama, Kansas, what are all the flaws for all of these number one seeds? And I can find something here and there in between for different teams. And I can't really find one for Kansas. The problem with Kansas is sometimes Kansas does Kansas things. Kansas stands in Kansas way. You know, can they make a run similar to the way that they did last year and knock off two blue bloods? Of course. But then there's other instances where Bucknell is looming in there or you have, you know, a Northern Iowa somewhere in there. BCU we've seen in past years as well. I'm not nearly as concerned as some people are about Bill self maybe being there or not, <clears throat> excuse me, or not. Um, but if we know that that is a very important and key piece when filling out your bracket. Uh, they played a, a, a team that's really hot right now in Duke, obviously, a lot earlier in the season. One of the first games played earlier this year, and they didn't have Bill Self at that time either, and they were perfectly fine. Uh, so uh, I certainly hope all is going to be well with his health. I don't want to hear any excuses in the event that they get eliminated.
0: Yeah, I uh, understand that for sure. Let's uh, start with the South region, uh, Alabama's the one seed there. You also have uh, Arizona as the two seed, Baylor as the three That Alabama team, uh, say what you want about what's going on off the court with Brendan Miller, but uh, this guy's the most exciting player in the country. I mean, he is must-see TV every night. And the Crips and Tide have a pretty favorable path to the Final Four, it seems.
2: Yeah, I can see some of that. Uh, You know, I I think the thing with Alabama, the concerning part is the inexperience, the youth that they rely so heavily on. Uh, on top of that, the three ball. Now, some people are going to say that they're concerned more with the three ball, per se, of the fact that, uh, you know, they, they they do shoot them at a very high rate and a high clip. But they're not just limited to that either. They've got some really good players between uh, Charles Bidiaco in the front court. Also, another guy that I'm extremely familiar with, worked with him on the circuit uh, over the course of the last year or two with Team Dickerson here uh, on the AAU circuit uh, in Atlanta. Um, and, uh, uh, um, you know, they, they've, uh, they, they've just been really solid all across the board, kind of like a poor man's Al Horford is, is what I like to call Noah Clowney. Um, he's been phenomenal for them. Uh, and, uh, but when you're looking at, you know, this particular region, I know everybody's really looking forward it feels like to see an alabama lose considering everything that transpired feels like more people want to see alabama lose than floyd mayweather these days uh but but State, uh, alabama certainly at the top they deserve to be they've been the best team all year long um and 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 they won a lot of games in the non conference as well that was really really tough in terms of scheduling i personally have arizona coming out of that one but you do got some other tough games including maybe my best upset I'll tell you this much when this bracket is released I see always at the very end what is the one game that sticks out to me like a sore thumb that I feel the absolute best about that is ironically enough that 512 matchup between Charleston and um and uh, and um and San Diego State
0: okay um the other team that I'm watching for you mentioned uh in that region you know the the Baylor Bears this team is athletic as any team in the country but they're not coming in playing their best ball if we see Baylor play like they did three weeks ago that would be good enough to win the whole national title but I don't know what Baylor team
2: we're going to see Deshaun and I don't think that Baylor's the only team that you can say that about in this tournament I think that's what's going to make this particular March Madness just that much more fun uh, when you're talking about Baylor I think everybody understands or overstands rather that this is not the Baylor of the cup last couple of years last few years winning national championship and whatever else but you've got to have some star players and some guys that can lead your team and certainly you have that uh and who I anticipate fully being a lottery pick in Keontae George and you know Adam Flagler also leading the way for this team they've also got Jonathan Chachua returning from that national title team try saying that name three times fast uh, so I, I I do think that they're solid, but I think an upset is coming. I've only probably got about three or four real, real, you know, likely or real realistic uh, upsets. And that's one of them. UC Santa Barbara, I think is a phenomenal team that nobody's really talking about. And let's just be honest. Most of the time it's just because we don't know who the hell they are.
0: Let's uh, go to the East region. Uh, Purdue's the one seed in uh, that region, but, uh, even though they won the Big Ten of the Big Ten tournament, Sean, I don't know about you, I got major concerns about their guard play. We all know guards win in March, and uh, they got these young guys there that uh, I don't know if they're ready for this moment.
2: Yeah, you know what, and I'll tell you what, that's another concern in part for Purdue is, like you said, the guards. When you're filling out these brackets, you've got to have those Hall of Fame coaches. You've got to have that experience upperclassmen juniors seniors five 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 years seniors things like that when you're filling these things out and that's something that they don't have is the experience now one thing they have obviously is the coaching and you know matt painter's been knocking on this door for i don't know how long um but the concerning part is they everything is predicated based off of one guy if they find somebody like a memphis in the very next round where it's a ton of athleticism up and down the floor if penny hardaway that's going to be the key if penny hardaway knows how to coach Uh, then maybe we could be talking about, you know, Purdue making an early exit. Um, But you got to be careful with this particular region when you have so many teams that are just from top to bottom. Good. You know, you got Kentucky, you've got Duke, Purdue and Memphis, Michigan State, Marquette, this one, that one, Tennessee. It it doesn't pan out to be the way that most people think that it would. And all these teams are just going to go ahead and advance. Duke is hot, but you got to be careful because they're young. Also, Um, I think that, the two teams in this region that nobody's talking to that I think are personally my front runners to get out of that region is going to be number three seeded Kansas state. And of course you can't really talk about advancing in the month of March unexpectedly without talking about the seven seeded Michigan state Spartans led by Tom Izzo.
0: Yeah. uh, January, February, Izzo, right. You know, uh, this time of year. Usually Um, how it works. I'm also looking at uh, FAU, you know, at that nine seed. I mm-hmm. think that team's going to beat Memphis and give Purdue all they can handle. FAU's been fantastic this year. I mean, this 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 might be the most competitive region. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Kentucky as a six. You, yeah. have, you know, Duke and their, their matchup against Oral Roberts here, you bring back Stuff. Max A. Smith, who's been there the last few years, and, you know, the team that they have around there, I know some people like Duke to make a run, and they won the ACC tournament, and they're
2: playing everything. They're going to have all they can handle just trying to get on the first round against Oral Roberts. <laughs> yes, they are. I don't think that that was a great matchup for Duke. I don't think that was also the most favorable 5-12 matchup for Oral Roberts either. That one I've kind of been going back and forth on trying to figure out, you know, which way I want to go on it. I don't think that it will be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination for Duke, certainly a losable game. I think I'm starting to gear myself towards Duke winning that game, but it's not going to come very easy at all. I figure if, you know, whoever is standing there against Charleston, this is prior to, you know, the selections coming out uh, on Sunday, whoever's standing there against Charleston and whoever's standing there against Oral Roberts, I don't feel good about their chances. I feel a little bit better considering that that team is Duke, but again, this is an inexperienced team, inexperienced coach, all of these different things, he can have them ready to go. But don't make the mistake of saying, "Well, we don't know who Oral Roberts is." They made it to the Sweet Sixteen under Max Ismus, uh a couple of years ago. Don't make the mistake of saying, "Oh, well, you know, I've I, I haven't watched much college basketball, but I'm going to try and rush to keep up on everything within two weeks." Go ahead, uh, Deshaun. I mean, you, you, there's uh, th- this region's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, forgive me. You got. I, I get going on a roll. I don't know when to <laughs> stop sometimes. Ask Mama for the last thirty-eight calendars, and she'll tell you. I think that then you know you have Kentucky there too. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's easy for Kentucky either. Would it surprise anybody in a year to see Providence okay make it to the Final Four? Okay, maybe not, but to beat a Kentucky team that has been uh, very inconsistent, the only consistency I've seen from them all years that they've been consistently inconsistent. And uh, and 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 maybe make you know maybe make a run and and, and Providence being able to win a game or two uh, by all intents and purposes I I do anticipate uh, for Ed Cooley who I think is one of the more underrated and underappreciated coaches in all of college basketball you know maybe winning a couple games here getting a little lucky in a couple uh, one or two of them and and then eventually um, you know letting everybody know that that he's going to be the next coach at Georgetown.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Marquette at that number two seed. Shaka Smart uh, has done a good job with this Marquette program since taking over. But even with that said, Sean, I mean, we're still waiting to see what he can do in March at a school not named VCU. Did not have that success in Texas. Here he is at Marquette here. How far do you think Marquette could go uh, in this tournament?
2: I, I've got Marquette losing in the second round. I'll tell you one thing that doesn't shock me, and we always talk about, you know, the two versus fifteen. I think if anybody uh, not named Texas could be in, in trouble uh, in the first round for a two fifteen matchup, that that team is going to be uh, is going to be Marquette. Give them credit, you know, they've, they've they've won the regular season championship in the Big East. They've won the conference tournament championship. Sometimes those things give me reservations and bring me red flags a little bit. If I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, but Vermont, this isn't the same Vermont team that you know usually is rolling out there either. Uh, with some of their big name players that usually come through that program, so I think that it can be tough. I've got Marquette losing in the second round to Michigan State, but Marquette is certainly going to be a really tough out. And I know that Joey Hauser, who's a transfer from Marquette to Michigan State, is highly anticipating playing in that game too.
0: All right, let's uh, move ahead to the Midwest region now. Houston is the one seed in that region, but an injury in the American Conference uh, tournament to uh, Marcus Saucer, um, you know, one of their top players. Uh, he missed the American championship, and they looked really bad without him in that championship game. What's uh, What do you make of that situation with uh, with Houston and uh, being without one of their top players potentially?
2: That's a major concern. And sure, you do still have who I expect to be a lottery pick in Jairus Walker. A lot of people say he's kind of built like Carl Malone a little bit. Uh, but to lead the way, and that's something else that you got to have with some of these teams, I think he's talking about winning a national championship, got to have someone, you're gonna have at least specifically one big time player that can lead the way and they've got that with Sasser, kind of, as you alluded to a little bit as the concerns about the injury status. I think that, you know, it's a, it's a no brainer for me. Uh, if, if Sasser is going to be a part of this, which I would imagine you sit him for the first game against the 16, cause if you can't win that 16 versus one matchup without him, you've got different problems. Uh, but you sit him for that one and then you bring him off the bench for, um, the game, you know, versus, uh, either Iowa or Auburn. Um, and, and, and if you don't need him during that time, Um, then that's even better. But I'll try and have him as ready to go as possible. Kelvin Sampson, they've got their own pressure along with that as well. I mean, I know that they're probably, you know, my front runner to win the national championship here, but that national championship on April 3rd will be played in Houston, Texas in their own backyard. That's a lot of pressure. We haven't seen that since Michigan State 2009 in, in Detroit. Uh, Ford Field against North Carolina same thing in 2010 the very next year with Butler against Duke Uh, it's it's not going to be easy to overcome it is going to be relatively tough Uh, but as of right now assuming that he'll be somewhat healthy enough to play at some point that they'll get along that far I've got them as the front runner but if that's not the case I would imagine coming out of that bracket and I don't think that there's another place to look um that that might be that might be Miami I know Xavier I know people love Texas between Texas Xavier and Miami that's probably where I'd be pointing my finger
0: I'm looking at Texas I mean they're playing red hot they've dominated Kansas twice in the last you know week Marcus Carr has been phenomenal they got the guard play they're physical as well that Texas team's just a well-rounded team uh I think they They are. are
2: Very well coached. The problem with Texas is, again, much like I said about Kansas before, ironically and coincidentally enough, two Big 12 teams that played for the Big 12 Conference Tournament Championship, they tend to stand in each other's way a lot of times. You start looking at some of these Texas teams, they had rosters that were good enough and teams that were good enough to do this. You know, This isn't just about Kevin Durant, DJ uh, Augustine and Tristan Thompson and and Marcus Aldridge, and I mean, the list goes on and on. Miles Turner, or Damian James, all of these different players. A lot of these teams, players, they played together. Uh, but they weren't able to get to this point. They started to pull a Texas. That concerns me. Colgate is one of the hottest three-point shooting teams, if not the hottest in the country. And the same from field goal range as well. Uh, they've got a lot of players returning from the last two NCAA tournament uh, appearances that they've made. Uh, and at some point, I figure they're probably going to push that door open. We know that Texas is is vulnerable sometimes. We saw that a couple of years ago with Abilene Christian. Um, I, I believe in them a little bit more under Rodney Perry, more than I did, per se, Rick Barnes, if I'm just being honest. Uh, but that's not saying much for an interim coach who I think deserves to have his job already solid and sold. And, 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 uh, and I, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for Texas to show me, uh, or I do know what it's going to take for Texas to show me that they're going to have to overcome, um, what we've seen from them in recent history. They're going to have to start winning some basketball games during the, during the time that it matters most. And that's going to start within the next 24 to
0: 48 hours. Yeah. Let's go to the, uh, the West region. And, uh, Things are pretty interesting. I know you mentioned uh, Gonzaga being in that region and them kind of flying under the radar, but you have a Kansas team. We mentioned Bill Self with uh, you know his health issues. Kevin McCuller, their top, their third leading scorer, he had some injury problems. UCLA Jalen Clark is uh, is banged up. You know one of their top mm-hmm. players as well. There could be an opening, a path for somebody else with uh, some of the issues going on with Kansas and UCLA. Those top two seeds right now.
2: There can be. I mean, we've been waiting on Arkansas to get hot for I don't know how long. uh, And that hasn't happened with that, you know, dynamic recruiting class that they have had. Um, We just haven't seen it. Uh, This could be the time that we would see it. Uh, You know, you also have a, you know, eye on a team that's looking to play upset against somebody. Uh, that is a, a possibility against UConn. I know people love UConn. I don't love them as much as everybody else does. I know they got off to a hot start. One of the last teams that were unbeaten in college basketball this year, I think at 14-0, and and they dropped off quite a bit. They've rebounded since. But I don't love UConn as much as everybody else. TCU is still strong. I love TCU in this position because nobody's talking about them as much. Uh, but TCU still are really – I don't know if, if, uh, if, if Lampkin is still, you know, going to be able to play uh for for the uh foreseeable Sounds like he's future. out, yeah it sound like he's out okay so that is a huge concern for me i think gonzaga is the team here i think gonzaga is the team here obviously ucla they're one of the front runners as well but gonzaga's really really tough ucla is probably one of the teams that i think you know if you said name me three teams that can win the national championship this year because i don't think there's eight to fifteen like everyone else says within those three teams um those two teams are in the same region uh, i'm talking about uh ucla and and kansas uh houston being the other one uh, but if they find a way that ucla is not there and able to uh you know with the fact that they've returned in so many players from the national uh final four from a couple years ago it's it, it, it just looks like it has gonzaga written all over it nobody's talking about him julian straw is one of the more you know highly sought after players in this draft that we anticipate, kind of like that Draymond Green style. You got a Hall of Fame coach, Drew Timmy. is he's, he's grandfathered in now at this point. Uh, I'm not sure that you can really go another way if somebody's going to represent the West. Most people are looking at UCLA Could be Gonzaga.
0: I uh, I love the the star power that's in this region. I mean, you look at Kansas uh, with Jalen Wilson and, and Grady Dick. I mean, you mentioned Drew Timmy, at Gonzaga, Johnny uh, U-G- uh in uh, uh, UCLA. I mean, there, there's some big-time players in this region that are going to make for some exciting ball.
2: Yeah, I would imagine that that would be the case, too, you know, where you got, you know, Jaime Jaquez is another one of those players. And, I mean, they're, they're sprinkled around in between throughout. You know, we talked about, you know, obviously Drew Timmy and and Strother. And, I mean, I, I we're talking about Kansas. I even like K.J. Adams a lot more probably than most people do. It's the physical specimen that he is, yeah. athleticism, amongst other things. How about even Arkansas with Anthony Black, who's going to be a lottery pick as well? Right. Uh, how about a Nick Smith Jr. even? I know they didn't have him for a lot of the year. At one point in time, he was considered to be a top three, top five lock for the lottery also. So you definitely have some some big-time star talent here uh on this uh or or how about the other guy from uh ucla and it's just uh I, I can't i guess i can't think of it at this current time but the freshman uh from over at sierra canyon can't think of the name ring a bell right now but he's even a phenomenal you know player as well so i think that you do have a ton of star star stardom and star players uh in this region
0: yeah i think so all right so we've gone region by region here uh at this point in time uh sean uh Give me uh, your uh, your final four picks. Uh, who's the, uh, the four teams coming out? Uh, kind of recap those again, and who do you have winning it all?
2: I'm going to go with um, – and you might have to help me with the matchups here a little bit in terms of where they will stand on the bracket. Uh, but I'm going to go out of the south region. I'm going to go with Arizona. Out right. of the uh, Midwest region, I'm going to go with Houston, assuming that a fully healthy – uh star player for them and Marcus Sasser out of the West region I'm going to go um yeah I I think at this point I have to go UCLA it's just really hard to pick Gonzaga now at this point um and No, let me go Gonzaga. Let me go Gonzaga on that one. Instead of UCLA, I'm calling an audible. Uh, And then, and then that last one, as much as I want to pick Kansas state, I guess I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here and I'm going to go with Michigan state. I think they have a real outside looking in chance as a seven seed. They typically tend to do things like this in years like this. I'm going to go with Sparty.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, That's a little bit off the walls. you got a, Uh, very interesting final four. Uh, with that, a seven seed Michigan State would certainly be a surprise. Uh, with that said, who uh, who's going to be cut down the nets? Who wins it all? All
2: right. Who are those matchups right there in that semifinal?
0: Um, so you mentioned uh, you had Arizona in the South, right? Correct. Arizona would then be taking on Michigan State, and then okay, and uh, go
2: Arizona. Okay.
0: Okay. And then the, uh, the Midwest region, uh, the team there, you had, uh, you had Houston, right? Houston. Mm -hmm. Houston taking on UCLA in the next matchup.
2: Yeah. I'm going to go Houston and, uh, I'm going to go Houston and Arizona on that one. I'm going to go Houston, Arizona with Houston winning the whole thing.
0: Houston wins it in their own backyard. Um, and, uh, You know, I'll look at that just real quick on that potential matchup to Sean. I mean, Houston, it it feels like if they can weather the storm uh, of getting healthy and everything, you just get out of this weekend, get back to form by next weekend, that that I think a healthy Houston team would be the best team in this tournament. But I don't know if they're going to get to that point and they'll get out of this weekend that way.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh like I said, I think that what the for all the sense of purpose is purposes, the best thing is to probably rest them for the first game. Of course, that's not gonna last too long because you have to play two days later. Um, but you know, you give them some limited minutes and you know, really try and sit down with your guys and have a, a real man-to-man conversation with each of them and say, Hey, we really want to prevent playing Marcus as much as we possibly can. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, you know, in the event that he's needed, we'll have to go to him, but let's try and do everything we can to get ahead on a good lead and, and, and really try to, uh, and, and, and really try to prevent from having to play him until the following weekend where I think that should maybe be more than enough rest. I've had a groin injury before. It's not fun. It is very, you know, it is very nagging. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, but try and do all that you can. Sean,
0: uh, we're out of time. Where can people uh, find you and see all the stuff you're doing, man?
2: At Takes Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Uh, follow me on Twitter. We also call it uh, Where Basketball Lives. Uh, so it is the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. Find it no other place other than Takes Take.
0: Awesome. Sean. thanks for the time, man. We'll talk you down the line. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. That's for Coach Bo's football fix presented by O'Connor advisory group. It is the time of the week where we bring in Bo to talk about the biggest headlines across the NFL, as well as college football. And uh, you can check out O'Connor advisory group, OAGcast.com, O'Connor advisory group.com. You can also reach out to Bo on uh, the internet uh, there through his facebook page uh also you can check out the coach bono's podcast uh available wherever you listen to podcasts and uh he joins us right now bo uh good to hear from you as always you are in the mecca of college basketball lawrence kansas where i'll be honest bo i am very nervous as a jayhawk fan right now i'm glad bill's okay you know his health was yeah. the number one concern but uh the way they played going into March, uh, I'll be honest, I'm not feeling very confident right now. What's the feeling in Lawrence right now these days? They
3: lack bigs. <laughs> this is the this is the worst Bill Self team when it comes to bigs. The fact that the Jayhawks are a number one seed, that they're this been this good this season has a lot to do with, you know, Jalen Wilson and how he's played, and then also just how Bill, how well a coach how good a coach Bill Self is. Yeah. I mean, that team is not a great, great team. They're not nearly as good as they were last year. The fact they're a number one seed is it says a lot about the Jayhawks. Uh, and they've got a shot. I don't think there's one dominant team here. I think mean, there's a number of them, but we can talk about that later. So but who's yeah, it's the area right
0: now. Who's your final four?
3: My final four is Alabama, Marquette, Houston and uh, UCLA. Okay. I felt better about UCLA before the uh, young man who was the defensive player of the year in the conference got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really like Jacques. I like him a lot. I like UCLA as a team. They're well-coached. It comes down to you need to be well-coached this time of year too. Yeah. I like those four teams. I know it's two ones and two twos. I don't have any huge mega like this team is going to run the table or this team's going to be an upset. If I had to pick one of those, I'm not picking this but in my bracket, but I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis in round two beats Purdue.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's
3: the one I'm looking at, and I'm going, if there's going to be one of those one or two seeds to go quickly, that's who it will be. They're a one-man team with Edie, and as far as I'm concerned, their guards are bad, and they're not good at all.
0: Right. Um, um so as we uh, get started here uh for what is it now two or three years you and I have been covering this Aaron Rodgers saga yeah and i think after probably what a couple of months of it you, you you were very tired of talking Aaron Rodgers and yeah. i i remember even just what well, the last couple of months here uh, uh, he you would say there's no news to talk about. What, why are we talking about this? Yeah. So, let me ask you then, um, can we talk Aaron Rodgers?
3: <laughs> yes, there's no new news, so we can talk about Aaron Rodgers now. That's my whole thing. It's like I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill if there's just no news. I don't care about speculation, and I don't care to argue, but there's news. I mean, Aaron Rodgers made a decision. Looks like we had already heard that the parameters of a trade had been agreed to and now we're hearing reportedly now that was reported a couple days ago now we're hearing that Aaron Rodgers said it himself on Pat McAfee that he wants to play for the Jets so I suspect this is going down and um, I think Aaron Rodgers is the New York Jet And, and I don't think it's a bad deal for the Jets
0: They've been desperate at that quarterback position.
3: If there's any team, and, and, you know, we talked during this past season, I said the two teams I really liked watching because of how hard they played and how they were just young and inexperienced, one of them was the New York Jets. It was the Jets and the Lions. And I was like, look, you know you're going to get their best shot every week. Well, now you give them Aaron Rodgers. That's going to help you make some mistakes. You can make a few more mistakes. With a young team, when you got Aaron Rodgers, you can go get you a touchdown a couple times a game, you know, just by playing, by being him. So, I mean, his his skills haven't really diminished. They're not as good as he was a couple years ago. But, I mean, he's not diminished to the point of like what Tom Brady was the last couple of years. So I I just think that – I think for the Jets, I don't know what they're giving up yet, but it's a great addition to the team, if nothing else. It gives them the one piece they need. They're a Super Bowl contender now.
0: You know, I look at that team, too. You add Aaron to the equation. It's it's kind of like the LeBron effect, right? You're getting yeah. LeBron and his cronies. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers here, you bring Alan Lazard along. You might bring Randall Cobb or OBJ. And who not, Who else knows? Like, you might get some veterans that play on a cheaper deal of some sorts. And you already had a great defense. Garrett Wilson, one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL. Elijah Moore, a good running back. Brace Hall, who had a really good rookie year before he got hurt. This this Jets team is going to be loaded. And I know they're in a tough division. The Dolphins made some really good moves. The Bills are, of course, a very good football team. But the Jets are going to be right there.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a tough division. You look at it and you go, "Well, you've got. I mean, what the Dolphins have added has been really good. You just mentioned that, and even the Patriots have made a couple a couple of changes. Where you go, oh, okay, let's let's see what they're and doing. I think
0: Mac Jones is going to have a Mac nice Jones. bounce back working with Bill O'Brien. I, did,
3: I do too. I think Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones is going to be a good going to be a good put together. Um, that's going to be a tough division, and you know Buffalo's still Buffalo. I mean, it's." They're not taking a step back, and we haven't seen them add, but we haven't seen them subtract either. So, and there's still four or five guys who have been cut in these last few days that they may not be front-line guys they were a couple of years ago, like Zeke Elliott and a couple of others. Calais Campbell comes to mind as well. Well, boy, a good team is going to add some of those guys. Adam Thielen's out there that could be a difference maker in a tough division like the AFC East or the AFC West. You know, now that they've got – I mean, I think really you've got two teams in the West now that are really good.
0: So Um, here's what I wonder on this whole Aaron Rodgers deal. This is where I'm at, Bo. Um, Aaron just a couple years ago playing as good as any quarterback in the NFL, MVP level and everything. Last year there was a significant drop-off. He wasn't bad. He was still a top 10 quarterback, but he wasn't what he was a couple years ago. And part of it has to do with Devontae Adams leaving. I get that. But what do you think? Is the Aaron Rodgers that the Jets are getting, is he going to be able to bounce back from what we saw last year with the new improved talent around him and everything? Or are they getting the Aaron Rodgers we saw last year at Green Bay or maybe even worse?
3: I think that, a little bit of last year's also was his throwing hand having some issues. You know, he hit the hit the, the, the break in his hand. Um, I don't think you're getting Johnny Unitas with the Colts, or Joe Namath as a uh, a Ram, or the last couple of years of Tom Brady that we've seen the Bucks or Russell think,
0: Wilson as a Bronco. <laughs> Russell Wilson the Bronco.
3: I don't think you're seeing that has been. I think what's also going to happen is the Jets play such a good defense; they're going to allow them to run the football. And that's going to help him. I mean, that they got a two-headed running attack. If Brees Hall is healthy, and which, I mean, it's going to be a little while until he's healthy after his injury. But if he's healthy, oh, my God. I mean, that team is just loaded on the offensive side. That's a lot of toys to play with. The only thing I don't like in this whole Aaron Rodgers thing was reportedly over the years, reportedly, Aaron Rodgers was upset about who the Packers would bring in. On the offensive side of the ball, they didn't go draft, high draft picks on the offensive side. But now he gets a chance to go somewhere, and he wants his cronies. He wants Lazard, and he wants Randall but Cobb. I see I where you're see coming the Cobb
0: from. Thing. But there's a misconception there because he wants those guys in addition to Garrett yeah. Wilson, Elijah well, Moore, and Brees Hall.
3: You, I mean, you look, you got to have – I mean, if you got to watch more Garrett, Garrett Wilson, that you don't need a, a home run hitter. I love the Randall Cobb idea because he's a route runner and he's kind of like your check down too. He's your guy that he's going to find a way to get open on a couple third downs a game and the familiarity with him and Rodgers makes a lot of sense. Lazard, I mean, I guess that makes a little bit of sense to me. The Odell Beckham one, I mean, I, I heard he wants Odell Beckham as well. That's, that's asking him much. I mean, look, at i there's no bigger Odell Beckham fan than me, but that's asking a lot to go get to pay Rodgers contract, and then go pay go pay Odell Beckham when they got that young ass team, everybody else, and they're basically stacked in every position now. Their offensive lines good, their defensive lines good. They got a good receiver core. They don't need Odell Beckham.
1: <laughs> I,
3: yeah, I, I, look, and there's like I said, and there's there's no bigger Odell Beckham fan than me. Jets don't need him. That's an embarrassment of riches to bring him in at this point.
0: Yeah. Um, What about uh, Green Bay now? Uh, Jordan Love, this is a bad situation for him because he has to play good right away. They don't have much there. They're obviously in rebuild mode. Um, I I have my doubts on Jordan Love as is, Bo, but let's be real with ourselves here. He is being set up to fail right now.
3: I I don't disagree. Um even if Rodgers was still the quarterback there, it was not going to be a good marriage. That, that's that division got tougher this year. I mean, look, the Lions aren't playing around the good team. The Vikings got I think are are okay, they're not great. Uh they've lost a couple pieces, so we don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to do yet. But now look at what the Bears have done. They made they made a smart decision, and they're going to keep their quarterback, and then they're going to bring in some riches as well. For the Packers, though, they had to know what they had in Jordan Love, or they had to cut him at the end of the season and let him go for nothing. And so they had their their hand is forced on this as well. So, yeah, I I don't necessarily think he's set up to fail, but he's not set up well for success either. I think that's an important distinction. I don't think that the I don't think the Packers want him to fail, but they're not giving him a lot of hope. So that's not going to be a very good team in
0: 2023. No, no, not at all. Um, free agency as a whole, it's been a wild couple of days. Uh, let's start out with winners. Who comes to mind? Who's been your biggest winners in free agency?
3: Um, a couple that I saw, and I think, a couple of the trades have been bigger deals to me than the free agency so far. Um, I mean, Rodgers obviously to the Jets, um, Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys is a great addition to that team, yes. Um, and they, they cut Ezekiel Elliott, they'll bring in a veteran to play back up there, they'll be great. Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. Again, some of these trade they, they make a lot of sense on both ends. And then Darren Waller to the Giants. I mean, those are those three, Ramsey, Gilmore, Waller, I look at that and go, that's three teams that are getting better. And then when I looked at some of the signings, uh, the Eagles had a plethora, if you will, of running backs. They've had a couple go. So they go get Rashad Petty, a good pickup. Are they gonna have him and Bart and, He's and a good Boston back if he
0: can stay healthy?
3: Yeah, I it's that's a good pickup. Um, I just you told me right as we came on. I didn't even know this happened. Now I'm reading about it. Orlando Brown to the Bengals is crazy, finally, Finally, finally. Crazy I I and you know I'm not a Chiefs guy, but how did the Chiefs not let one year ago when they when they went into the show, they had a chance to uh, franchise tag Orlando Brown. We were going, just tag him and give him the deal. He's worth it. Because what you were going to pay him on a tag was similar to what you're going to have to pay him anyway. Go ahead and extend it. Right. It was more important than some of these other deals they made. Orlando Brown going to the Bengals is going to stir up that offensive line. I they got some additional losses with, um, they lost, um, running back. Oh God, dang it. Um, the not, oh gosh, dang it. They lost one of the backs and there's going to be a problem with trying to sign Higgins and a couple of the other, with all the receivers. Right. Ryan, right? AP is who you're talking about. Yeah. Who played better than Joe Mixon this season. I also heard, and I know you've heard the report that the Bengals are talking about a trade for Derek Henry, I don't know that that goes down. I don't know that's going to happen, but uh, it that would be dangerous, quite frankly, to put Derrick Henry in that offense. I don't know what you would do. I don't know anybody to stop that offense in that case. Um, so there's just there's a couple of these I'm going wow on, and we still haven't seen the biggest shooter drop, and that's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What's going to happen? You know more about what's going to happen there than I do on the Ravens stuff. I I don't like what's happening to Lamar. And if he goes, I don't see why every team in the league that doesn't have a a franchise quarterback isn't just chomping at the bit to give up two ones to get him.
0: Yeah. From from what I had heard was that there is a belief around the league that the Ravens will match any offer any team puts out there and that these teams don't want to do the negotiating for the Rams, yeah. do their job for them.
3: Well, this, it doesn't help them either way. I'm, so here's what I would do if I was one of these teams, and I am now a former fan of one of those teams that should have done this. I go call them and I say five years, two fifty, all guaranteed. Let's it. Sign a deal. All give him the deal that Watson guy. He'll a get
0: public it. offer. Formal. A public
3: offer in front of God and everyone. I go to I go to the town square and be like, "We want this guy. This can be our franchise quarterback." We, and if you're one of these lower end teams that need a quarterback right now, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Hey, once it hurt, I know that um, I know the Raiders just went and got Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> How bad would it have hurt Jimmy Garoppolo's feelings if you made a play for Lamar Jackson first? Okay. You finished second to Lamar. You were second choice to Lamar. You know how bad would it have hurt Derek Carr's feelings if the Saints would have said, "We really like Lamar Jackson, and two ones makes a lot of sense to us. Here's two fifty for five years, all guaranteed." I understand what you're saying, and I think that yeah, you know, I think there's some some truth to that. But you know what? I really think this is this is collusion. Yeah, it's just out and out collusion at this point that there hasn't been an offer for Lamar Jackson. This is that the teams are really pissed at the Browns for giving Deshaun Watson that much money and guaranteeing it all. None of the teams want to guarantee that much money to anybody, even a franchise quarterback. And if you give it to Lamar, well, then you're going to have to give it to Justin Herbert, and you're going to have to give it to Joe Burrow, and you're going to have to give it to other players. I get that. Look, if you're going to give me a – if I can get a 27-year-old former MVP who's different than everybody in the league, basically I got a better version of Michael Vick, I'm taking him. And I think there's only 10 teams in the league that shouldn't take him. I think unless you've got a Mahomes, a Burrow, uh, a Herbert, a few others, those top-tier guys, I think you should be looking at that deal because you know what the comp is. Tops two whites. And if you're a good team, say you were the Packers, and your first-round picks late in the first round, okay, no problem. I, I, I mean, Deshaun was three, number one. right? I mean, you're getting a deal. And if the Ravens want to match it, fine. But make them do it. Right. And if you have to go six years for $300 million, I don't have a problem with that either. There's a few teams that should have stepped up and done this.
0: I agree. Oh, yeah. I
3: I think the team that should step up and absolutely do this, the Houston Texans. Yeah. Because they're in there where you can get a – they're number two. They're second pick now, right? Right. So you're going to get one of the two QBs. Now I'm seeing where it might go Stroud and not Young. Look, unless you're just gangbuster sold on one of those two guys, why wouldn't you? You're going to be better automatically right now.
0: Well, if you're the Texans, I don't know how it works of what picks you have to give up, but can you give up the 12 instead of the, hold on to the two and give up you, a pick next year?
3: That's a good question. I think it's got to be one from each draft. I think it has to be your pick first. I don't know that for certain. But if it's your pick, I mean, I'll make the deal. Even if it was given up the second overall pick, why wouldn't you do that? I, I there there's plenty of teams. I mean, the fact that the Raiders didn't do this is just ignorant to me. I right. mean, I the the fact that the Saints didn't do it or Carolina, I mean, I, I like the Carolina got ahead of the game, so we're gonna go ahead and go up to number one. Right. You know, that, that's great. I mean, they, they want one of those two quarterbacks. They're going to get one
0: now. Yeah.
3: And I like that the Bears weren't fiddle-faddling around going, okay, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to get something out of this? They went and got a front-line wide receiver, two ones, and they're in with Justin Fields. That's right. great. So, I, it's – there's some – when the Lamar thing happens, whatever happens, we'll see some more of these veteran guys end up signing – And then we'll see even more stuff happen. It'll
0: be interesting. You mentioned the Raiders with the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. And they spent all that money on Jacoby Myers and the decisions that they've made there. They move on from Darren Waller, you know, bring in, get a third-round pick for him. Um, I have not liked a single thing the Raiders have done. I mean, well, I mean, like, I like Jacoby Myers, but I don't like him if that means you're having to get rid of Darren Waller. I mean, like... To me, you know, trying to be the West Coast Patriots that the Vegas Raiders are doing here, I mean Josh McDaniels and and uh, and company here are just making some awful decisions. This this is going to end very poorly.
3: Yeah, I, I like Jacoby Myers. Let me just say this: yeah. I like, but uh, your sentiment of if getting him cost me Darren Waller, I don't know if I like that trade off. Uh, but I like him as a player, right? And I like they went ahead and said, fuck it, with Derek Carr. But to go get Jimmy Garoppolo and give him a three-year deal, and I haven't looked at the deal yet. See you went from
0: Chili's there. to Applebee's. It, it yeah, so
3: You texted me that yesterday. I kind of giggled. Uh, it might be going from Chili's to, like, off-brand fast food. I mean, I don't even know – like not even like Wendy's or, or McDonald's or Burger King, like, like backyard burgers. I don't know. I it,
0: do say – I'll say this, though, Bo – I rather have Jimmy G at 34 million, or not 34 at 24 million, than I would Derek Carr at 37, what the Saints are doing.
3: I agree with that. But I also I just would not take Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, Look, I hate Derek Carr so much, I've given up my Saints family. So I mean, you know how serious I am about this. You're right. Those were those were two of the three guys I absolutely was not going to touch. Yeah. There was three quarterbacks that I just would not bring in. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and your boy were the three I wouldn't bring in.
0: I like this situation for Baker in Tampa. Dave (laughs) Dave Canales was the quarterback coach for the Seahawks who revitalized Geno's career. You get Mike Evans. You get Chris Godwin there. They're not rebuilding. They re-signed a decent number of guys that – Everybody assumed they'd let walk. Um, Tampa is very interesting. I mean, you could say the same thing for them as you could for the rest of the NFC South here. It feels like these teams, Bucs, Falcons, Saints, even Carolina, they all recognize, I think, that they're all bad and they're all kind of just treading water. None of those four teams are committed to a full-on rebuild and starting over.
3: Well, okay, so my take on the South a little bit shady, a little, little bit different. I think Carolina, Atlanta, and Tampa are all committed to starting over. They're all committed to starting over and letting it go and seeing what happens. I think New Orleans thinks that Derek Carr is taking them to the promised land. They think they're a quarterback away, and they think Derek Carr is it. I can't think they I don't think they even. It could be even more wrong. The only way they could be more wrong was if they had signed Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Now to pull back the curtain, I'm doing the full on Woody Page to you tonight. You know, I got my little board here in the at the studio yeah. behind me, and it says Baker sucks. It's because you texted me earlier about Baker, and I'm not your boy. But look, Baker Mayfield's a fine backup quarterback. He he'd be a guy. And I, if he's going to be in there to work with Kyle Trask. That's not a bad idea. That's not, especially since that contract's not a big contract. It's, it's a one-year deal, isn't it?
0: Eight million. That's all it is.
3: Yeah, and it's almost four. Could be up to eight. Yeah, that's not a terrible deal. Of the deal of those three players, I don't like. Baker's got the deal that I would most want, and you can see what you got with Kyle Trask. He's been sitting in the room with Tom Brady for two seasons. Let's see what happens. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got. An arm and he's 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 played in the high level in the SEC. we'll see what he can do in the NFL and with being with Tom Brady for two years. But it does seem like to me in the NFC South that one team thinks they're a quarterback away. They might if Aaron Rodgers would have gone to New Orleans or Lamar Jackson, they're contenders. But Derek Carr isn't the guy. And then You know, I I like that Carolina said, okay, we're going to go in and get one of these quarterbacks. Whichever one they pick, whichever one they pick, God bless them. I kind of like Stroud better myself. Yeah. So, But they're going to have their guy, and that means they won't be good in 2023, but I think they're okay with that. The Saints think they're going to roll the dice, win the division, and okay, we're in the playoffs, we have a chance. Right. Because they don't think there's a dominant team. And maybe they're right because the Packers aren't going to be as good. And the more dominant teams are in the AFC. But the 49ers are still there and they're really good. Right. And, the, and Seattle's better. And there's a couple other teams. I think mean, the Giants got better. I, the Cowboys got better. I don't know. I, I don't like that idea at all. I don't like the idea of, Get us in there and we'll have a puncher's chance.
0: Right. I don't I like want to get interview. there and,
3: and let's go ahead and go. That's
0: very much a baseball mentality. And this is not right. baseball.
3: You can't because it's, it's a one game, it's one shot. Right. And you, you just don't have that opportunity to beat somebody three times, you know, to get to, go, to move on.
0: Right. Um, we mentioned the Darren Waller trade to the Giants. Uh, yeah. I was talking to one of my buddies today and I mentioned this. I said, you know, Daniel Jones reminds me of Alex Smith with better running ability, right? I mean, they call him White Vic. Um, the thing that Alex Smith did so well in his career, especially towards the end, working with Andy Reid and company, was getting the ball to his tight ends. And when they ran 12 personnel, especially Travis Kelsey, in the early days of Travis Kelsey's career. And, you know, his last year's daughter in Kansas City, he played at a near MVP level. He was second in MVP voting to Tom Brady. You get Darren Waller there, if he can stay healthy, and you already have, you know, a decent receiving core, and they're still looking at potential other options as is there in uh, New York. I really like this for Daniel Jones. You paid him the money. You get him a good safety net in Darren Waller. If if he can stay healthy, that reminds me of those Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey, early days of Kelsey. I could see that with Daniel Jones and Darren Waller here.
3: Yeah, I think that I think you even got guys who are. Well, I don't think Waller is any more talented than Travis Kelsey, you know? but I do think that Daniel Jones got more upside potential than you know, than Alex Smith. I don't disagree with your thinking there at all. Um, I love the pickup of Waller for Jones. I mean, look when you got you go get Daniel Jones, you pay the guy. They did the right thing. They paid the quarterback. They got him on a decent deal. Look, 40 million is the cost. 40 million is what you're going to have to pay for a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's good enough. Right. He is. He passes our our test, whoever we need to put as the new, as the new new thing there. He's I'm at
0: a Jones head. test now. It, it,
3: I don't know. I think he's above that. It may be the Dak Prescott test at this point. Um, but it's the you know, he he passes that to me. I love the fact that, yeah, you get him a tight end. They've got a couple of young pieces in the the receiver core. But it's just a matter of, okay, let's get him the things we need to get him now to be successful. And not try to say, well, let's put some Band-Aids on. I love that they didn't, oh my gosh, they um, they did not mess around with this and went and got him. A, a, a tight end who's a, I mean, a top five tight end in Waller, right? I mean that's that's a great pickup. I think. I think of all though I mentioned those three trades earlier. He was in that trade list. I mean that's it's a great pickup for the Giants, and I think it does show the commitment to Daniel Jones.
0: Um, last thing on uh NFL free agency class trades, and then uh, we'll move on. Uh, we mentioned the Raiders were a big loser. Um. Any other winners or notable losers? Uh for me, it stood out how much the Broncos are spending money. We've heard Sean Payton, uh that it already feels like a new mentality, a new culture in that building there. Um Broncos fascinated me. That was one that caught my eye. Who else kind of caught your eye, whether it was a winner or a loser from uh the last few days?
3: I I think the Vikings have been a bit of a loser. They've lost, I mean, they lost Adam Thielen at the cap cut. The last Patrick Peterson in the defensive backfield really don't know what they're planning to do with that offense. There's some talk about Dalvin cook wants to be traded on, on the offensive side as well. Um, I think the big thing I would say is that I don't know if there's like total, total losers. There are some fan bases that are pretty upset right now, but they haven't gone and been super active. And what I would tell people is to be patient because there's not a lot of earth shattering trades and free agents to be picked up right now. It's gonna be difficult this offseason because of the way the salary cap works. And then also that you have to deal with the salary cap, plus everyone practically is over right now. I mean, it's I mean, things were cutting left and right the last 48 hours to get under. Um, you're going to see a lot more of that, and I think we're going to see some deals on people still. Yeah. So I preach a little bit of patience. And so if you're if your team is not out there wheeling and dealing, I think that's okay. Yeah. But I mean, the Broncos are willing and dealing, but have they really done a lot?
0: I thought the Ben Powers move was a big deal, but I don't know how much better he is than Dalton Reisner, who they're letting walk.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's not. There's nothing that moves the needle for me for the for them right now. No one's made, no one has gone and made a signing to me that bends the needle. It makes me go, wow, that's big. Orlando Brown's probably the biggest one. Jacoby Myers would be if it wasn't to Las
0: Vegas. I think Bobby Wagner is the next domino to fall.
3: Yeah. He
0: Where wants he to be up? on a contending team. If he can go to Dallas, if he can go to Seattle, you know, one of these one of these playoff-caliber teams, he makes them a whole lot better instantly. And he showed last yeah. year, new scheme and everything, he's still got a lot left in the tank. He was still yeah, yeah. arguably was the best middle linebacker in the league last year.
3: Yeah.
0: It's it's going to be interesting
3: I me. I think there's still a lot to go here. So,
0: again, um it's not
3: the team making the moves, just be patient.
0: Let's talk a little bit of drafts here real quick. Um, we mentioned with the Panthers moving up to one. Um, and where things are at now, the new draft order, Panthers at one, Texans at two, Cardinals at three, uh, and so forth. And the quarterback drama is continuing. Those guys, because teams are so desperate, are moving up here. Is there any chance we see all four quarterbacks taken in the first five or six picks?
3: I think in the top ten you will. I think you'll see Young, Stroud, What am I thinking? Levis, Um, Richardson. Levis, and then Richardson. Someone's going to make a reach. on. Someone's going to fall in love with Anthony Richardson. I mean, he's just – he's got too much athletic ability for someone to not fall in love with him and trade up. And maybe that's why some teams aren't looking at Lamar Jackson right now. But I can see that. I mean, I I don't know if that's exactly what I think will happen, but um, I do think they're going to all go – fairly quickly. I think you'll probably see one and two for sure. I think Levis will be the third one to go. My guess is at five to seven in that area and Richardson seven to nine. But again, someone can fall in love with one of those other two guys, Levis and and, uh, and Richardson. And then all of a sudden you're moving up in the way up in the top 10. to will get them.
0: Yeah. Um, It'd be a
3: good year. I don't have the list in front of me. It'd be a good year to be sitting at six, seven, or eight and already have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. I don't have that list. I wish I had that list in front of me right now.
0: I mean, like the Eagles are in the top ten. They got their franchise. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So that's a team that you could go and try to make a deal for. They would love to trade back to grab a couple of extra players. You know, you're probably gonna draft and you're probably gonna get another one in there. If right. you're gonna get someone to trade up from the twenties to the ten. Right. You know, that's the Saints pick that uh the Eagles have at 10.
0: Um also Jalen Carter, we, we knew about the rest uh, warrant there yeah. in uh Athens a couple weeks ago. But then his pro day today just went poor. He's nine pounds heavier than what he was at at the combine a couple of weeks ago. And he struggled finishing drills and everything. We obviously know with the rest stuff, like I, I wonder what's going through his head mentally. I mean, this has got to be a a, a, a tough time for what this kid's going through right now as he prepares it's, for, you know, the biggest. It's gotta, be, line up.
3: It's gotta be, he's still going to be a top, top, a tippy top pick to me, but, I mean, it's obviously I throw up some red flags of what's happened. And then you see that maybe he didn't commit himself quite well enough to, you know, his um his work these last few weeks, even since the combine. I mean, that's only been two weeks. That means he's practically done no work between the combine and now. So I I don't know. I it's a rough deal for Jalen Carter. I I think he's a great, a great talent. And I hope well for him, but somebody's being in his ear telling him, "Hey, look, you got this other stuff, so you got to prepare because you have this baggage. Everything else has got to look perfect." And that's what I think. So many times, the money people around around players, young players, we're seeing the same thing with John Morant right now in the NBA. You know, it's sometimes these people need to say, "Hey." You're messing with the brand. You're messing with your brand. You wanna be, you wanna be the one that buys your mama a house and your daddy a car and these things. You're gonna have to play this game a little bit. I don't think it's great, but I do think that you have to do it. And I think that somebody's to be in Jalen Carter's head going, okay, you see what's happening? You know, you you have got this baggage, you can't have more.
0: Right. Um one, one more, uh, no, we'll finish on uh, some college football stuff real quick. Uh, realignment front seems like Arizona, Colorado to the big 12 has gained a lot of steam in the last couple of yeah. days and that things are moving towards that direction. Meanwhile, Arizona state's president straight up has said there are no discussions between Arizona state and the big 12 and that they're committed to the pac 12 and that they think they're going to get a good TV deal. Um, Is there something going on here of maybe Arizona State? Maybe I'm reading into this too much, but just thinking about this. Is Arizona State maybe trying to pressure Arizona to not leave without them? Is this some messaging that's being sent here?
3: Maybe. Um, You know, I think it could also be, like we talked about last week, it could be that this message from Oregon and Washington about an all-streaming deal isn't a bad gig that it could be enough money, um, and then other things ancillary to to what they're doing. I think that could be part of it. I, To me, it doesn't make sense for Arizona to try to worry about what's ancillary and what they can do at their university, given they have the second largest alumni base in the country. Um, You know, they all just go where the money is for football and just follow that, that to be perfectly frank. Um, I don't see why Arizona and Arizona state would just go to the big 12. Maybe it's a case where Arizona state wants to be the bigger dog. They want to be the one that the mover or shaker. I don't really know. My guess is that they're going to end up there anyway. I think this deal happens with the streaming deal. I think it might save Oregon and Washington, but it's not going to save Arizona
0: and Arizona state. They're coming to the big 12. I think Colorado and Utah are going to be there too. I do too.
3: I think that's the four that come over, those four corner states.
0: I, I think that, you know, there there are enough people that don't like the streaming idea and taking significant less money when you don't also have to pay an exit fee based on the way the Pac-12 contract's written that the pros eventually just outweigh the cons where you you would have enough of your money people saying, we've had enough of this. you got to make a change.
3: I tend to agree with you. I just think that it's one of those things. You look at it and you go, "Well, I mean, the what is Arizona State really trying to say? I mean, it's it, it's trying to be something. It, it's really them trying to just try to have some kind of say in how things are going. But I mean, they're just they're just Arizona State. Yeah, they do have a large alumni base. They're the second biggest one in the country. We know that, but right. you know, it's a lot because they have the online thing and everything else. I mean, it's right because um, but yeah, that's not, they're not the straw that stirs the drink.
0: In this right. State. Um, on the other side of the country in the sec and the ACC, uh, conglomerate over there, um, Greg Sankey this week came out and said that the sec, they are the 16 team super conference with Oklahoma and Texas in the picture. Uh, taking a a word from Ohio State. They're the 16-team super conference. Um, We've heard these rumblings about Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, how the three, in particular Florida State, is upset about the revenue situation in the ACC. They want uneven revenue distribution, but that's kind of just a short-term fix for a long-term solution. Um, All the – indications are that those three are making a push towards the AC towards the SEC what I wonder is Bo the SEC is in such a good state and they got such a good TV deal and all this stuff going for them um they're in a position of strength they don't have to add those three schools and they don't have to add those three if it means everybody else taking less money either I mean this is um I think those three probably would want the SEC more than the SEC wants them.
3: Uh, You would know a little more on this piece than I would. Let me ask the question first. Do the SEC's agreements allow them to increase if they add teams?
0: They do, but we don't know exactly how much necessarily.
3: Unless it's an equal share to what they're currently getting, then you're right that if – there's no value add in adding Florida State, Miami, and Clemson if it means that the other 16 teams are going to be taking a smaller chunk because you're not going to increase the size of the pie, uh, not enough. But if you can get an equal share for all three teams, then you might be on to something. The problem is you got to find a fourth team. You're not going to 19. So where is their value into into going to 20? Or do you take Florida State, and Miami, and tell Clemson? No, thank you.
0: I I think the fourth team is is probably North Carolina.
3: That's what I would do. That's totally what I would do. But I don't. But would North Carolina be open to leaving the ACC to go to the SEC?
0: I think the money's too much that these teams would gladly take that invitation.
3: Let me ask the question this way then: Do you think two years ago that could have happened? It, all things being the same, the money wants, And here's what I mean by that. If Coach Krzyzewski and Roy Williams were still at North Carolina and Duke respectively, could that happen? No. See, that's where I think Then I think you're right. I think that that's why it could be open to it happening now with North Carolina. I think that's the reason Greg Sankey's currently saying, no, we're not going to add three teams. But if they could add North Carolina as the fourth team, they'd do that deal. I think everyone else would do that deal.
0: I think then, you know, what we're looking at here, I know the Big Ten is going to have a new commissioner and they still have some stuff to figure out with their identity. But I feel like it's going to be kind of who flinches first, the arms race in college football. One of those two is going to go to 20 teams and the other is going to follow suit.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's gonna be. I don't know. This it, next couple of years is gonna be crazy. Who would have thought five years ago we'd be at where we're at right now? Yeah, I mean, there was talk about it five years ago, and there was even talk of us saying there's gonna be four super conferences. And but it didn't look like anyone was gonna pull the trigger, and it looked like the two two conferences holding everybody back were gonna be the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. The Big Ten then made a the huge step forward. And now the Big 12 is going to beat the Pac-10 or Pac-12 to the the party as the fourth conference. Uh, The ACC is somehow held on. Um, You know, I mean, it's amazing what's happened in that case. Uh, Will the ACC, what's left over if those four teams were to leave, try to do something with the Pac-12 and have a conference on both coasts? I mean, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. but. I mean I don't know how this is gonna work. Yeah. We have a fourth conference. Um, because you'll have the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, the SEC. Right. So I don't know. We've got a lot to happen in the next couple of years and none of it's imminent. Right. But when Oklahoma and Texas's deals got moved up a year, that started some of this chain reaction. And now the contracts and everything going on to Pac Twelve. The Big Twelve was smart to get ahead of the Pac twelve on their deal.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's Coach Ball. Check him out. Coach oh, Bowl knows. I
3: it. got one for you. I Go got ahead. one for you. Can I add one? This is a yes, non-football yes. question. Okay. Have you heard the rumors about about NBA commissioner Adam Silver?
0: Yes. And Disney? Yes.
3: Uh, what is your take? For people who don't know, there is a rumor that Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, is a finalist to become the CEO of Disney.
0: So, What are your thoughts? Here's my thought on that situation. Um, it uh, For Adam Silver, I, I think it is a lot harder to be the president of Disney than it is to be the commissioner of the NBA. Oh, absolutely. He, and he gets a very nice paycheck from the NBA. I understand Disney can pay more, and they would pay more. But if I'm Silver, like, no, I, I'm very comfortable with the NBA job and riding that as long as I can and then retiring and doing that. Like, I, I, the, the Disney president has been a revolving door. I mean, Bob Igar was just enjoying himself, was taking life easy, and now he's back in the thick of things for the time being, yeah. trying to save Disney. Like, I, I, I'm, I don't know why he would make that move.
3: Is that not a great hire for Disney, though?
0: I mean... I don't know, because there's a whole lot of factors involved in Disney that that are... Yes.
3: Here's why I say I think it's a great hire if that does happen. What Adam Silver has done with the NBA, he took it from what his predecessor did and everything that that the NBA became, and they were really becoming a step back. They were becoming the 2A or 3 you know, league of all leagues. I mean, the NFL's one. You're not gonna catch the NFL. Major League Baseball is now falling behind the NBA. A lot of it has to do with Adam Silver and his stewardship of things. The fact that the NBA was almost moving to be in a niche um kind of product for always certain types of people or certain um ethnicities, if you will. I hate saying it like that, but that's what they were like they were becoming. To now, they're going to get seven or eight billion dollars in their next TV deal, which is going to be second to only the NBA, the NFL. It shows me that he knows how people, and he understands how to get broader audiences, and that's what I think Disney has to worry about: is broader audiences with more when they you know they now have everything from Star Wars and everything from Marvel and every and, you know their own Disney products and everything else. If there's somebody who can help with appeal to a more centralized uh, group of of customers, I can see Adam Silver being really good at that job. And that's a once in a lifetime opportunity that nobody gets. If I'm Adam Silver and I get offered that job, I have to try it. uh You can't go back to the NBA. I get it. You can never go back. But if you, you can make me the CEO of Disney, I have to take that chance.
0: I see where you're coming from, but I think the NBA lifestyle would be too comfortable personally. So
3: I, I understand that and I totally get that. And that maybe be Adam Silver's looking at it. But when I heard that this morning that Adam Silver was one of the finalists for the for the uh the CEO of Disney job, that just wild me because I was like, he's done such a good job. I literally can't think of anything he screwed up that bad as the NBA. No, I mean, look, everybody makes mistakes. Right. But of all of the commissioners in sports right now is anyone liked as much as he is no is anyone as highly thought of as he is no the dell is amongst his owners right cuz he's the hit, he's the one who takes the hits for him right in, in in the public eye there's no commissioner that's as respected as Adam Silver. right and who has the 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 brand or the you know, the 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 name of the the goodwill if you will
0: sure bo well, uh, we I run. Want to ask your opinion so. yeah thanks uh we got to run here uh coach bo knows podcast out each and every week Apple Spotify wherever you listen podcasts check out O'Connor Advisor Group OAGcast dot com O'Connor Advisor group.com as well bo thanks for the time as always talk to you next week hey, Tom Tyler thank you so much this week take care. <laughs> Final segment before we go, it's time for our Tom Fuglery story of the week. Thomas Bridges tells us something ridiculous that's going on in the world. Tom, where are we going to this time?
1: Jones, we're going to uh, the general public, my man. We're going to the general public. And uh, if you keep up with um, just, I don't know, the general um, news, I guess. You know, not CNN, not Fox, not MSNBC. If you just keep up with the general news, um, most people that would listen would say, yeah, if you had to determine an amount of money studied by like a scientific study, what we know in terms of like happiness wise with money would be $75,000. Well, it's not so that much anymore, right? Um, we, we've been told a lie in terms of. Yeah, it's $75,000. And anything more than that cannot buy happiness in terms of can money buy you happiness? And for like, you know, like I said, for like a lot while, it was $75,000. It's not that anymore. This comes from money.com. <laughs> earning more money does more, earning more money actually does make people happier study says
0: imagine that
1: surprise surprise we've all suspected it and now there's even more research to prove it earning more money does actually make people happier that's according to a new study from daniel paineman and matthew killingsworth researchers at princeton university and at the university of pennsylvania respectively which finds that happiness rises as income does. Surprise, surprise. The analyst upends previous research from Kaneman that concluded happiness tends to increase with income only up until $75,000 in annual earnings. In his uh, 2010 er, study, earnings above that threshold didn't seem to have a big impact on personal daily happiness. Surprise! The research. From the new study, published March 1st in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences Journal, the researchers tracked data gathered from more than 33,000 U.S. adults who under at least $10,000 a year. Participants used a smartphone app that asked about their mood at random intervals during the day. They found that an increase in earnings up to 5500000 did boost happiness for most people. There wasn't sufficient data. To draw conclusions about happiness and income over $500,000 annually. So, while money isn't the only secret to happiness. Killings were said in a recent statement. It can probably help a bit. On the other hand. That result also comes with one big caveat. The exception is people who are financially well off but unhappy. Killingsworth explained, "About twenty percent of people are part of this unhappy minority." For the researchers, found for that group, additional income over a hundred thousand per year did not appear to make a major impact on their mood. The two researchers suspected the money beyond that threshold isn't able to alleviate the pain <laughs> associated. <laughs> yeah, the pain, the pain, the pain associated associated with life circumstances. Think heartbreak, bereavement, and clinical depression. If you're rich and miserable, Killings or said in a statement, more money won't help. Jones, before more I get money you run, run. I call I call bullshit. <laughs> you know, listen, 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 listen to me. Anytime that I've researched or wanted another job, a biggest reason would be either one working from home or two. More money. Jones, I don't believe that 75000 is the key anymore. I make very close to that when you consider... Um, and this is after taxes in Oklahoma. When you consider my job now plus tax-free money and DJing, sure, I make close to that, and I'm still struggling in terms of, Hey... I'd like to make a lot more money and I'm still paying off student loans. Um, You know, Biden RIP is trying to do what he's doing to cancel that, but doesn't look like very promising. You know, at the end of the day, I make what I make and I'm very blessed to make what I make currently, but I'm still putting in that work, right? I'm still putting in that work and I want to make more. Um, And even if I do, even if I do, it's still a struggle every day to be like, "Eh, you know, I should uh, take that job or I should take that money and then compare it to whatever else everybody else makes nationally. So it's still very hard. There's still no... $75,000 Seventy-five thousand dollar cutoff. You know, if I was to make, I you know, you can say any amount of money. If I was to make, I don't know, one hundred seventy-five thousand, it might be a little bit easier than if I was to make, you know, ninety-five thousand. So when people say that, you know, then this is inflation based. If they say, yeah, you can make this much money, but according to science, you know, you don't have to make this much money. Here's the average nationally on, on what satisfies that salary range. Jones, I, I don't know, but I haven't been satisfied yet, and I've made it more money every year than... I have previously, so I think that as inflation grows, we should also be cognizant of what a real living wage is, not only in Tulsa, not only in Dallas where you live, but just in really, just in really in general, you know, I can afford a a decent townhouse with a good square footage in Tulsa, but when you translate that to uh, Dallas or right. the Idaho, then things really change, and they change very quickly.
0: Now, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into you know what I make or my income or anything like that. I don't want to piss off my employer or anything like that. Um, but I, I'll, I'll preface that by saying uh, there have been times in my life, Tom, um, where I've made less money from one job than another, and I was happier in my life and just the way things were going with the job that made less money than I was with the job that made more money. I mean, like, you know, I think that you can have a better life around you and have more stuff and more things with more money, obviously. But... What are you making the most out of it? Like, I mean, on the flip side of that argument, you know, I, uh, you know, there was one point in time, Tom, you you and I probably the same boat here. You know, I was a broke college kid. And I think, you know, after college, especially post-COVID and everything, I was going out more. And drinking, enjoying myself, having a good time, than I ever was in college because I actually had the money to go out and drink and have a good time, and I was happier. So, um, yeah, it, it, I, I, I could. I hate to play the middle of the road here, but I can see it both ways.
1: No, which is, you know, which is great. You know, they, um, from what you've said, um, it kind of comes down to that, and. If, uh, you know, at the end of the day you can uh, make that happen, then, you know, well,
3: you know what, no, why not?
1: Why not? Um, I mean, we all kind of come down to um, uh, I don't know, the, the same questions uh, when it comes down to, well, what do you do? And, you know, I think that you know, especially in your position, that if you can be that person, then well, why not? You know, I, I don't, I don't really try to um, guesstimate on what you can really get, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you can be that person, then absolutely. Go ahead and um, do whatever you need to do and, and um, maybe not be so polarizing. Well, um, th- least-
0: I think the stages of your life that you're in are so important, too, because like, you know, right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 26. I'll be 27 this year and I'm enjoying living the bachelor life and doing my own thing and you know, going out as much as I can and traveling and doing all that stuff. But I know there's going to come a point in time when, you know, the happiness for me will be settling down and having a wife and having a family and keeping things more low key. and won't be wanting to go out all the time and do that. I, I I think it's, you know, financially, you want to have the enough money to be able to support how you want to live to create the life you want to live in that mo- moment in time, I think that should be everyone's goal, Tom.
1: Are you telling me you are uh forecasting a um a woman that will take you as her husband?
0: Uh, at some point, yeah,
1: I mean, well, oh hell yeah. I just was playing devil's advocate there, but, uh, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, why not? And, uh, at the end of the day you got to look out for yourself and, uh, you know, in, in, in what we are now, Jones, we don't really have another choice. Do we? No. I mean, it's not, it's not a worst case scenario. At this point in our lives, I feel like it's, uh, all right, we'll just, you know, somewhat make it happen, I guess, and, uh, and and then go from there, but, yeah, you know, at the same time, it's like, all right, we can go out here, and we can do this, and we can be the, uh, I wouldn't call it a better person by any means, but we can we can do a little bit more. And so if, if we can combine all those factors into one, whether it be me and you hanging out or um, or whether it be like something on the other side of things that, you know what, it, is it that bad to uh, kind of consider those things? Meh, maybe not. So, you know, you take that at, at, at that point, you kind of take it on the chin, don't you?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You kind take of take money. it
0: on. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, the money and a happiness thing. Like, I, I agree that money straight up can't buy happiness, but it can make it. I, I would concede this. I think this is a fair statement everybody can agree on. It can make it easier to be happy, though.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, it's it's nice to have somewhat of a purpose, but if you can have a back, I don't know, backwards purpose, then absolutely, you you take the money that you've made and you take the opportunity that you've been given, and and then at that point, you. you you don't have another choice but to run with it and it's not
0: i've seen some miserable rich people
1: yeah exactly give me that money and i promise you i won't be miserable
0: um there is i, I, I won't say by name but there's a former boss of mine that uh i think now he makes he, he probably makes six figures um and of what he does now and he used to do radio in all these big markets, made hundreds of thousands of dollars, did all these, uh, you know, great big things. Was very successful in the industry. And he and his wife they ended up getting divorced, and he let her have everything. And you know, he didn't pursue any more of the big jobs again. And I asked him, like, well, well why is that? Why are you not trying to? you know you're you're very talented you're capable you can do all these things and he said yeah but when i had that i wasn't happy and the life i have now even though i'm making less and don't have as much as i had before and gave up what i had to my wife my ex-wife i'm happier now and all that those other things just aren't worth what i have now and the happiness i have now to me that that kind of put perspective like he had he had seen been in those circumstances and, and willingly gave that all up. That, that always stood out to me. I
1: mean, yeah. So it's not necessarily about like, well, what do you have to give or, you know, what, what is really at stake? If you can, you know, be that person, then it's, you know, you don't really have to have anything crazy. Right. Right.
0: It's interesting. And,
1: oh yeah, absolutely, and, and and I think at the end of the day, you can be that person, and not, you know,
0: yeah, not, Tom, Um, we got to wrap up. Uh, a little bit deeper discussion today on Tom Fulry, but a very interesting one, I think. One that needed to be had here. Um, big thanks to uh, Sean for joining us. Uh, as well as coach Bo you the listeners our entire crew as always subscribe to show new episodes out each and every week on Apple Spotify Google Podcasts Uh, leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all check out the studio soapbox network this show let's go racing with David Starr uh, among others on the studio soapbox network uh, as well as coach Bo's show and uh, follow us on social media Twitter Instagram Facebook at Tyler Jones live instant Thomas on Instagram for Thomas uh, Thomas underscore Bridges on Twitter. Uh, Studio Soapbox on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And uh, Jones underscore Report on Instagram. We will run. We will see you next week. Thomas Bridges and our entire crew of Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Jones Report. Thanks for joining us.